So welcome along to week 26. We continue through Amos and finish Amos today. We go into a little bit of Hosea, we do a little bit of Second Kings, we do a little bit of Second Chronicles. It's all in here as we start week 26 at day 176. We read from Amos chapter 8 verse 1 through to chapter 9 verse 10. The Lord God showed me this, a basket of summer fruit. He asked me, what do you see, Amos? I replied, a basket of summer fruit. The Lord said to me, The end has come for my people Israel. I will no longer spare them. In that day the temple songs will become wailing, the Lord's declaration. Many dead bodies thrown everywhere silence. Hear this, you who trample on the needy and do away with the poor of the land, asking, When will the new moon be over so we may sell grain, and the Sabbath so we may market wheat? We can reduce the measure while increasing the price and cheat with dishonest scales. We can buy the poor with silver and the needy for a pair of sandals and even sell the wheat husks. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, I will never forget all their deeds. Because of this won't the land quake and all who dwell in it mourn. All of it will rise like the Nile, it will surge and then subside like the Nile in Egypt. And in that day, this is the declaration of the Lord God. I will make the sun go down at noon, I will darken the land in the daytime. I will turn your feasts into mourning and all your songs into lamentation. I will cause everyone to wear sackcloth and every head to be shaved. I will make that grief like mourning for an only son and its outcome like a bitter day. Hear this. The days are coming. This is the declaration of the Lord God, when I will send a famine through the land. Not a famine of bread or a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and roam from north to east seeking the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. In that day the beautiful young woman, the young men also will faint from thirst. Those who swear by the guilt of Samaria and say, As your God lives, Dan, or as the way of Beersheba lives, they will fall never to rise again. I saw the Lord standing beside the altar, and he said, Strike the capitals of the pillars so that the thresholds shake. Knock them down in the heads of all the people. Then I will kill the rest of them with the sword. None of those who flee will get away. None of their fugitives will escape. If they dig down to Sheol, from there my hand will take them. If they climb up to heaven, from there I will bring them down. If they hide themselves in the top of Carmel, from there I will track them down and seize them. If they conceal themselves from my sight on the sea floor, from there I will command a sea serpent to bite them. And if they are driven by their enemies into captivity, from there I will command the sword to kill them. I will fix my eyes on them for harm and not for good. The Lord, the God of hosts, he touches the earth, it melts, and all who dwell in it mourn. All of it rises like the Nile and subsides like the Nile of Egypt. He builds his upper chambers in the heavens and lays the foundation of his vault on the earth. He summons the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. Yahweh is his name. Israelites, are you not like the Cushites to me? This is the Lord's declaration. Didn't I bring Israel from the land of Egypt, the Philistines from Kaphtor, and the Arameans from Kerr? Look, the eyes of the Lord God are on the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth. However, I will not totally destroy the house of Jacob. The Lord's declaration... For I am about to give the command, and I will shake the house of Israel among all the nations, as one shakes a sieve, but not a pebble will fall to the ground. 
All the sinners among my people who say disaster will never overtake or confront us will die by the sword. Then we read Second Kings chapter 14, verse 28 to 29. The rest of the events of Jeroboam's reign, along with all his accomplishments and the power he had to wage war, and how he recovered for Israel Damascus and Hamath, which had belonged to Judah, are written about in the historical record of Israel's kings. Jeroboam rested with his fathers, the kings of Israel. His son Zechariah became king in his place. Then we read Hosea chapter 4, verse 1 to 19. Hear the word of the Lord, people of Israel. For the Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land. There is no truth, no faithful love, and no knowledge of God in the land. Cursing, lying, murder, stealing, and adultery are rampant. One act of bloodshed follows another. For this reason the land mourns, and everyone who lives in it languishes, along with the wild animals and the birds of the sky. Even the fish of the sea disappear. But let no one dispute... Let no one argue, for my case is against you priests. You will stumble by day, the prophet will also stumble with you by night, and I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you from serving as my priest. Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your sons. The more they multiplied, the more they sinned against me. I will change their honour into disgrace. They feed in the sin of my people, they have an appetite for their transgressions. The same judgment will happen to both people and priests. I will punish them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. They will eat but not be satisfied, they will be promiscuous but not multiplied, for they have abandoned their devotion to the Lord. Promiscuity, wine and new wine take away one's understanding. My people consult their wooden idols and their divining rods inform them. For a spirit of promiscuity leads them astray. They act promiscuously in disobedience to their God. They sacrifice on the mountaintops and they burn offerings on the hills and under oaks, poplars and terebinths, because their shade is pleasant. And so your daughters act promiscuously and your daughters-in-law commit adultery. I will not punish your daughters when they act promiscuously or your daughters-in-law when they commit adultery. For the men themselves go off with prostitutes and make sacrifices with cult prostitutes. People without discernment are doomed. Israel, if you act promiscuously, don't let Judah become guilty. Do not go to Gilgal or make a pilgrimage to Bethaven, and do not swear an oath as the Lord lives. For Israel is an obstinate as a stubborn cow. Can the Lord now shepherd them like a lamb in an open meadow? Ephraim is attached to idols, leave him alone. When their drinking is over, they turn to promiscuity. Israel's leaders fervently love disgrace. A wind with its wings will carry them off, and they will be ashamed of their sacrifices. Then we read Second Kings chapter 15, verse 8 to 20. In the thirty-eighth year of Judah's king Azariah, Zechariah, son of Jeroboam, became king over Israel and Samaria for six months. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, as his fathers had done. He did not turn away from the sins Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit. Shalom, son of Jabesh, conspired against Zechariah. He struck him down publicly, killed him, and became king in his place. As for the rest of the events of Zechariah's reign, they are written about in the historical record of Israel's kings. The word of the Lord that he spoke to Jehu was, Four generations of your sons will sit on the throne of Israel.'" And it was so. 
In the thirty-ninth year of Judah's king Uzziah, Shalom son of Jabesh became king. He reigned in Samaria a full month. Then Menahem son of Gadi came up from Tirzah to Samaria and struck down Shalom son of Jabesh there. He killed him and became king in his place. As for the rest of the events of Shalom's reign, along with the conspiracy that he formed, they are written about in the historical record of Israel's kings. At that time, starting from Tirzah, Menahem attacked Tispash, all who were in it and its territory. Because they wouldn't surrender, he attacked it and ripped open all the pregnant women. In the thirty-ninth year of Judah's king Azariah, Menahem son of Gadi became king over Israel. He reigned ten years in Samaria. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. Throughout his reign he did not turn away from the sins Jeroboam son of Nebat had caused Israel to commit. Pul king of Assyria invaded the land, so Menahem gave Pul 75,000 pounds of silver, so that Pul would support him to strengthen his grip on the kingdom. Then Menahem exacted 20 ounces of silver from each of the wealthy men of Israel to give to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria withdrew and did not stay there in the land. Then we read Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 16 to 21. But when he became strong, he grew arrogant, and it led to his own destruction. He acted unfaithfully against the Lord his God by going into the Lord's sanctuary to burn incense on the incense altar. Azariah the priest, along with eighty brave priests of the Lord, went in after him. They took their stand against King Uzziah and said, Uzziah, you have no right to offer incense to the Lord. Only the consecrated priests, the descendants of Aaron, have the right to offer incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have acted unfaithfully. You will not receive honour from the Lord God. Uzziah, with a censer in his hand to offer incense, was enraged. But when he became enraged with the priests in the presence of the priests in the Lord's temple beside the altar of incense, a skin disease broke out on his forehead. Then Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests turned to him and saw that he was diseased on his forehead. They rushed him out of there. He himself also hurried to get out because the Lord had afflicted him. So King Uzziah was diseased to the time of his death. He lived in quarantine with a serious skin disease and was excluded from access to the Lord's temple, while his son Jotham was over the king's household governing the people of the land. Then we read Second Kings chapter 15 verse 5 and then verse 21 to 24. The Lord afflicted the king and he had a serious skin disease until the day of his death. He lived in a separate house while Jotham, the king's son, was over the household governing the people of the land. The rest of the events of Manahem's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written about in the historical record of Israel's kings. Menahem rested with his fathers and his son Pekahiah became king in his place. In the fiftieth year of Judah's king Azariah, Pekahiah, son of Menahem, became king over Israel and Samaria. He reigned two years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight and did not turn away from the sins Jeroboam son of Nebat had caused Israel to commit. And there we end day 176. Day 177, and again we continue through the Second Kings and Second Chronicles, but we also begin into Isaiah. We read Second Kings verse, chapter 15, verse 6 to 7. The rest of the events of Azariah's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written about in the historical record of Judah's kings. Azariah rested with his fathers, and he was buried with his fathers in the city of David. His son Jotham became king in his place. And then verse 25 to 28. 
Then his officer Pekka, son of Remaliah, conspired against him and struck him down, as well as Argob and Aria in Samaria, at the citadel of the king's palace. There were fifty Gileadite men with Pekka. He killed Pekahiah and became king in his place. As for the rest of the events of Pekahiah's reign, along with all his accomplishments, they are written about in the historical record of Israel's kings. In the fifty-second year of Judah's king Azariah, Pekah son of Remaliah became king over Israel and Samaria. He reigned twenty years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He did not turn away from the sins Jeroboam son of Nebat had caused Israel to commit. Then we read Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 22 to 23. Now the prophet Isaiah son of Amoz wrote about the rest of the events of Uzziah's reign from beginning to end. Uzziah rested with his fathers, and he was buried with his fathers in the burial ground of the king's cemetery, for they said he has a skin disease. His son Jotham became king in his place. Then we read Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 13. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, and his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. Each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, his glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorways shook at the sound of their voices, and the temple was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and live among a people of unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your wickedness is removed and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who should I send who will go for us? I said, Here I am, send me. And he replied, Go, say to these people, Keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. Dull the minds of these people, deafen their ears and blind their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Understand with their minds, turn back and be healed. Then I said, Until when, Lord? And he replied, Until cities lie in ruins without inhabitants, houses are without people, the land is ruined and desolate, and the Lord drives the people far away, leaving great emptiness in the land. Though a tenth will remain in the land, it will be burned again, like the terebinth or the oak which leaves a stump when felled, the holy seed is the stump. Then we read Second Chronicles chapter 27, verse 1 to 2, and then verse 8. Jotham was twenty-five years old when he became king. He reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerushah, daughter of Zadok. He did what was right in the Lord's sight as his father Uzziah had done, except that he didn't enter the Lord's sanctuary. However, the people still behaved corruptly. And then verse 8. He was twenty-five years old when he became king. He reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And then Second Kings chapter 15, verse 32 to 35. In the second year of Israel's king Pekah, son of Remaliah, Jotham, son of Uzziah, became king of Judah. He was 25 years old when he became king. He reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, daughter of Zadok. He did what was right in the Lord's sight, just as his father Uzziah had done. 
Yet the high places were not taken away. The people continued sacrificing and burning incense on the high places. It was Jotham who built the upper gates of the Lord's temple. Then we read Isaiah chapter 1 verse 1. The vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah son of Amoz saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz and Hezekiah kings of Judah. And then Isaiah chapter 2 verse 1 through chapter 3 verse 26. The vision that Isaiah son of Amoz saw concerning Judah and Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days the mountains of the Lord's house will be established at the top of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. All nations will stream to it and many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us about his ways so that we may walk in his paths. For instruction will go out of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will settle disputes among the nations and provide arbitration for many peoples. They will turn their swords into plows and their spears into pruning knives. Nations will not take up the sword against other nations and they will never again train for war. House of Jacob, come and let us walk in the Lord's light. For you have abandoned your people, the house of Jacob, because they are full of divination from the east and of fortune tellers like the Philistines. They are in league with foreigners. Their land is full of silver and gold and there is no limit to their treasures. Their land is full of horses and there is no limit to their chariots. Their land is full of idols. They bow down to the work of their hands, to what their fingers have made. So humanity is brought low and man is humbled. Do not forgive them. Go into the rocks and hide in the dust from the terror of the Lord and from his majestic splendour. Human pride will be humbled and the loftiness of men will be brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted on that day. For a day belonging to the Lord of the hosts is coming. Against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, it will be humbled. Against all the cedars of Lebanon, lofty and lifted up, against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the high mountains, against all the lofty hills, against every high tower, against every fortified wall, against every ship of Tarshish, and against every splendid sea vessel. So human pride will be brought low, and the loftiness of men will be humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. The idols will vanish completely. People will go into caves in the rocks and holes in the ground away from the terror of the Lord and from his majestic splendour when he rises to terrify the earth. On that day people will throw their silver and gold idols which they made to worship to the moles and the bats. They will go into the caves of the rocks and the crevices in the cliffs away from the terror of the Lord and from his majestic splendour when he rises to terrify the earth. Put no more trust in man who has only the breath in his nostrils. What is he really worth? Observe this. The Lord God of hosts is about to remove from Jerusalem and from Judah every kind of security. The entire supply of bread and water, the hero and warrior, the judge and prophet, the fortune teller and elder, the commander of fifty and the dignitary, the counsellor, cunning magician and necromancer. I will make you their leaders and the unstable will govern them. The people will oppress one another, man against man, neighbour against neighbour. The youth will act arrogantly toward the elder and the worthless towards the honourable. A man will even seize his brother in his father's house, saying, You have a cloak, you be our leader. This heap of rubble will be under your control. On that day he will cry out, saying, 
I'm not a healer. I don't even have food or clothing in my house. Don't make me the leader of the people. For Jerusalem has stumbled and Judah has fallen because they have spoken and acted against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. The look in their faces testifies against them, and like Sodom they flaunt their sin. They do not conceal it. Woe to them! For they have brought evil on themselves. Tell the righteous that it will go well for them, for they will eat the fruit of their deeds. Woe to the wicked, it will go badly for them, for what they have done will be done to them. Youths oppress my people, and women rule over them. My people, your leaders mislead you. They confuse the direction of your paths. The Lord rises to argue the case and stands to judge the people. The Lord brings this charge against the elders and leaders of his people. You have devastated the vineyard. The plunder from the poor is in your houses. Why do you crush my people and grind the faces of the poor? Says the Lord of hosts. The Lord also says, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty, walking with heads held high and seductive eyes, going along with prancing steps, jingling their ankle bracelets, The Lord will put scabs in the heads of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will shave their foreheads bare. On that day the Lord will strip their finery, ankle bracelets, headbands, crescents, pendants, bracelets, veils, headdresses, ankle jewellery, sashes, perfume bottles, amulets, signet rings, nose rings, festive robes, capes, cloaks, purses, garments, linen clothes, turbans and veils. Instead of perfume there will be a stench, instead of a belt a rope. Instead of beautifully styled hair, baldness. Instead of fine clothes, sackcloth. Instead of beauty, branding. Your men will fall by the sword, your warriors in battle. Then her gates will lament and mourn. Deserted, you, she will sit on the ground. And there we end, day 177. Day 178, and we continue through Isaiah for the moment. We read from chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. And then from chapter 5, verse 1 to verse 30. On that day, seven women will seize one man, saying, We will eat our own bread and provide our own clothing. Just let us be called by your name. Take away our disgrace. On that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of Israel's survivors. Whoever remains in Zion and whoever is left in Jerusalem will be called holy, all in Jerusalem who are destined to live. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the blood guilt from the heart of Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of burning, then the Lord will create a cloud of smoke by day and a glowing flame of fire by night over the entire site of Mount Zion and over its assemblies. For there will be a canopy over all the glory and there will be a booth for shade from heat by day and a refuge and shelter from storm and rain. In chapter 5, verse 1 to 30. I will sing about the one I love, a song about my loved one's vineyard. The one I love had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He broke up the soil, cleared it of stones, and planted it with the finest vines. He built a tower in the middle of it and even hewed out a winepress there. He expected it to yield good grapes, but it yielded worthless grapes. So now residents of Jerusalem and men of Judah... Please judge between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done for my vineyard than I did? Why, when I expected a yield of good grapes, did it yield worthless grapes? Now I will tell you what I am about to do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and it will be consumed. 
I will tear down its wall, and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland. It will not be pruned or weeded. Thorns and briars will grow up. I will also give orders to the clouds that rain should not fall on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah, the plant he delighted in. He looked for justice, but saw injustice, for righteousness, but heard cries of wretchedness. Woe to those who add house to house and join field to field until there is no more room and you alone are left in the land. In my hearing the Lord of hosts has taken an oath. Indeed many houses will become desolate, grand and lovely ones without inhabitants. For a ten-acre vineyard will yield only six gallons and ten bushels of seed will yield only one bushel. Woe to those who rise early in the morning in pursuit of beer, who linger into the evening inflamed by wine. At their feasts they have lyre, harp, tambourine, flute, and wine. They do not perceive the Lord's actions, and they do not see the work of his hands. Therefore my people go into exile because they lack knowledge. The dignitaries are starving, and the masses are parched with thirst. Therefore Sheol enlarges its throat and opens wide its enormous jaws. And down go Zion's dignitaries, her masses, her crowds, and those who carouse in her. Humanity is brought low. Man is humbled, and haughty eyes are humbled. But the Lord of hosts is exalted by his justice, and the holy God is distinguished by righteousness. Lambs will graze as if in their own pastures, and strangers will eat among the ruins of the rich. Woe to those who drag wickedness with cords of deceit, and pull sin along with cart ropes. To those who say, Let him hurry up and do his work quickly, so that we can see it. Let the plan of the Holy One of Israel take place so that we can know it. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own opinion and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine, who are fearless at mixing beer, who acquit the guilty for a bribe and deprive the innocent of justice. Therefore, as a tongue of fire consumes straw, and as dry grass shrivels in the flame, so their roots will become like something rotten, and their blossoms will blow away like dust. For they have rejected the instruction of the Lord of hosts, and they have despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore the Lord's anger burns against his people. He raised his hand against them and struck them. The mountains quaked, and their corpses were like garbage in the streets." In all this his anger is not removed, and his hand is still raised to strike. He raises a signal flag for the distant nations, and whistles for them from the ends of the earth. Look how quickly and swiftly they come. None of them grows weary or stumbles, no one slumbers or sleeps. No belt is loose, and no sandal strap broken. Their arrows are sharpened, and all their bows strung. Their horses' hooves are like flint, their chariot wheels are like a whirlwind. Their roaring is like a lion, they roar like young lions. They growl and seize their prey and carry it off, and no one can rescue it. On that day they will roar over it like the roaring of the sea. When one looks at the land there will be darkness and distress. Light will be obscured by clouds. Then we read Micah chapter 1, verse 1 to chapter 2, verse 13. The word of the Lord that came to Micah the Morishite, what he saw regarding Samaria and Jerusalem in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. 
Listen, all you peoples, pay attention, earth and everyone in it. The Lord God will be a witness against you, the Lord, from his holy temple. Look, the Lord is leaving his place and coming down to trample the heights of the earth. The mountains will melt beneath him and the valleys will split apart like wax near a fire, like water cascading down a mountainside. All this will happen because of Jacob's rebellion and the sins of the house of Israel. What is the rebellion of Jacob? Isn't it Samaria? And what is the high place of Judah? Isn't it Jerusalem? Therefore I will make Samaria a heap of ruins in the countryside, a planting area for a vineyard. I will roll her stones into the valley and expose her foundations. All her carved images will be smashed to pieces, all her wages will be burned in the fire, and I will destroy all her idols. Since she collected the wages of a prostitute, they will be used again for a prostitute. Because of this I will lament and wail, I will walk barefoot and naked. I will howl like the jackals and mourn like ostriches, for her wound is incurable and has reached even Judah. It has approached the gate of my people as far as Jerusalem. Don't announce it in Gath, don't weep at all. And Beth left wrath, roll in the dust. Depart in shameful nakedness, you residents of Saphir. The residents of Zanan will not come out. beth is lamenting. Its support is taken from you. Though the residents of Maroth anxiously wait for something good, calamity has come from the Lord to the gate of Jerusalem. Harness the horses to the chariot, you residents of Lashish. This was the beginning of sin for daughter Zion, because Israel's acts of rebellion can be traced to you. Therefore send farewell gifts to Morasheth Gath, the houses of Axzib are a deception to the kings of Israel. I will again bring a conqueror against you who live in Marashah. The nobility of Israel will come to Adalam. Shave yourselves bald and cut off your hair in sorrow for your precious children. Make yourselves as bald as an eagle, for they have been taken from you into exile. Woe to those who dream up wickedness and prepare evil plans on their beds. At morning light they accomplish it because the power is in their hands. They covet fields and seize them. They also take houses. They deprive a man of his home and a person of his inheritance. Therefore the Lord says, I am now planning a disaster against this nation. You cannot free your necks from it. Then you will not walk so proudly because it will be an evil time. In that day one will take up a taunt against you and lament mournfully, saying, We are totally ruined. He measures out the allotted land of my people, how he removes it from me. He allots our fields to traitors, therefore there will be no one in the assembly of the Lord to divide the land by casting lots. Stop your preaching, they preach. Should they not preach these things, shame will not overtake us. House of Jacob, should it be asked, is the spirit of the Lord impatient? Are these the things he does? Don't my words bring good to the one who walks uprightly? But recently my people have risen up like an enemy. You strip off the splendid robe from those who are passing through confidently like those returning from war. You force the women of my people out of their comfortable homes and you take my blessing from their children forever. Get up and leave, for this is not your place of rest, because defilement brings destruction, a grievous destruction. If a man of spirit comes and invents lies, I will preach to you about wine and beer, he would just be the preacher for this people. I will indeed gather all of you, Jacob. I will collect the remnant of Israel. I will bring them together like sheep in a pen, like a flock in the middle of its fold. It will be noisy with people.
One who breaks open the way will advance before them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and leave by it. Their king will pass through before them. The Lord is their leader. Then we read Second Chronicles chapter 27, verse 3 to 9. Jotham built the upper gate of the Lord's temple, and he built extensively in the wall of Uphel. He also built cities in the hill country of Judah, and fortresses and towers in the forests. He waged war against the king of the Ammonites. He overpowered the Ammonites, and that year they gave him 7,500 pounds of silver, 50,000 bushels of wheat, and 50,000 bushels of barley. They paid him the same in the second and third years. So Jotham strengthened himself because he did not waver in obeying the Lord his God. As for the rest of the events of Jotham's reign, along with all his wars and his ways, note that they are written about in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. Jotham rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. His son Ahaz became king in his place. And Second Kings chapter 15, verse 36 to 38 to finish today. The rest of the events of Jotham's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written about in the historical record of Judah's kings. In those days the Lord began sending Rezin, king of Aram, and Pekah, son of Remaliah, against Judah. Jotham rested with his fathers, and he was buried with his fathers in the city of his ancestor David. His son Ahaz became king in his place. And there we end, day 178. Day 179, and we continue the Second Kings, Second Chronicles, and Isaiah, beginning today at Second Kings chapter 16, verse 1-4. In the seventeenth year of Pekah son of Remaliah, Ahaz son of Jotham became king of Judah. Ahaz was twenty years old when he became king. He reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. He did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord his God like his ancestor David, but walked in the way of the kings of Israel. He even made his son pass through the fire, imitating the abominations of the nations the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites. He sacrificed and burned incense on the high places on the hills and under every green tree. And then Second Chronicles chapter 28 verse 1 to 8. Ahaz was twenty years old when he became king. He reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. He did not do what was right in the Lord's sight like his forefather David, for he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and made cast images of the Baals. He burned incense in the valley of Hinnom and burned his children in the fire, imitating the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites. He sacrificed and burned incense in the high places on the hills and under every green tree. So the Lord his God handed Ahaz over to the king of Aram. He attacked him and took many captives to Damascus. Ahaz was also handed over to the king of Israel, who struck him with great force. Pekah son of Remaliah killed a 120,000 in Judah in one day, all brave men, because they had abandoned the Lord God of their ancestors. An Ephraimite warrior named Zikri killed the king's son Masai, Azarakam, governor of the palace, and Elkanah, who was second to the king. Then the Israelites took 200,000 captives from their brothers, women, sons, and daughters. They also took a great deal of plunder from them and brought it to Samaria. And we read Isaiah chapter 7, verse 10 to 25. Then the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask for a sign from the Lord your God, from the depths of Sheol to the heights of heaven. But Ahaz replied, I will not ask, I will not test the Lord. Isaiah said, Listen, house of David, is it not enough for you to try the patience of men? 
Will you also try the patience of my God? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. By the time he learns to reject what is bad and choose what is good, he will be eating butter and honey. For before the boy knows to reject what is bad and choose what is good, the land of the two kings you dread will be abandoned. The Lord will bring on you your people and the house of your father, such a time as has never been seen since Ephraim separated from Judah. The king of Assyria is coming. On that day the Lord will whistle to the fly that is at the farthest streams of the Nile, and to the bee that is in the land of Assyria. All of them will come and settle in the steep ravines, in the clefts of the rock, in all the thorn bushes, and in all the water holes. On that day the Lord will use a razor hard from beyond the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria, to shave the head, the hair on the legs, and to remove the beard as well. On that day a man will raise a young cow and two sheep, and from the abundant milk they give he will eat butter, for every survivor in the land will eat butter and honey. And on that day every place where there were one thousand vines worth one thousand pieces of silver will become thorns and briars. A man will go there with bow and arrows, because the whole land will be thorns and briars. He will not go to all the hills that were once tilled with a hoe for fear of the thorns and briars. Those hills will be places for oxen to graze and for sheep to trample. Then we read chapter 8 verse 5 to 22. The Lord spoke to me again, because these people rejected the slowly flowing waters of Shiloh and rejoiced with resin in the sons of Remaliah, the Lord will certainly bring against them the mighty rushing waters of the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria and all his glory. It will overflow its channels and spill over all its banks. It will pour into Judah, flood over it, and sweep through, reaching up to the neck, and its spreading streams will fill your entire land, Emmanuel. Band together, peoples, and be broken. Pay attention, all you distant lands. Prepare for war and be broken. Prepare for war and be broken. Devise a plan, it will fail. Make a prediction, it will not happen, for God is with us. For this is what the Lord said to me with great power to keep me from going the way of this people. Do not call everything an alliance these people say is an alliance. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be terrified. You are to regard only the Lord of hosts as holy. Only he should be feared. Only he should be held in awe. He will be a sanctuary, but for the two houses of Israel, he will be a stone to stumble over and a rock to trip over and a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Many will stumble over these, they will fall and be broken, they will be snared and captured. Bind up the testimonies, seal up the instruction among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, I will wait for him. Here I am with the children the Lord has given me to be signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells on Mount Zion. When they say to you, Consult the spirits of the dead and the spiritists who chirp and mutter. Shouldn't a people consult their God? Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, there will be no dawn for them. They will wander through the land dejected and hungry. When they are famished they will become enraged and looking upward they will curse their king and their God. They will look toward the earth and see only distress, darkness, and the gloom of affliction, and they will be driven into thick darkness. Then we read from Isaiah chapter 9 verse 1 through to chapter 10 verse 4. Nevertheless, the gloom of the distressed land will not be like that of the former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. 
but in the future he will bring honour to the way of the sea, to the land east of the Jordan and to Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of darkness a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoice at harvest time and as they rejoice when dividing spoils. For you have shattered their burdensome yoke and the rod on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. For the trampling boot of battle and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. The Lord sent a message against Jacob. It came against Israel. All the people, Ephraim and the inhabitants of Samaria, will know it. They will say with pride and arrogance, The bricks have fallen, but we will rebuild with cut stones. The sycamores have been cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. The Lord has raised up Rezin's adversaries against him and stirred up his enemies. Aram from the east and Philistia from the west have consumed Israel with open mouths. In all this his anger is not removed and his hand is still raised to strike. The people did not turn to him who struck them, they did not seek the Lord of hosts. So the Lord cut off Israel's head and tail, palm branch and reed in a single day. The head is the elder, the honoured one, the tail is the prophet, the lying teacher. The leaders of the people mislead them, and those they mislead are swallowed up. Therefore the Lord does not rejoice over Israel's young men, and has no compassion on its fatherless and widows. For everyone is a godless evildoer, and every mouth speaks folly. In all this his anger is not removed, and his hand is still raised to strike. For wickedness burns like a fire that consumes thorns and briars and kindles the forest thickets, so that they go up in a column of smoke. The land is scorched by the wrath of the Lord of hosts, and the people are like fuel for the fire. No one has compassion on his brother. They carve meat on the right, but they are still hungry. They have eaten on the left, but they are still not satisfied. Each one eats the flesh of his own arm. Manasseh is with Ephraim, and Ephraim with Manasseh. Together both are against Judah. In all this his anger is not removed, and his hand is still raised to strike. Woe to those enacting crooked statutes and writing oppressive laws to keep the poor from getting a fair trial, and to deprive the afflicted among my people of justice, so that widows can be their spoil and they can plunder the fatherless. What will you do on the day of punishment when devastation comes from far away? Who will you run to for help? Where will you leave your wealth? There will be nothing to do except crouch among the prisoners or fall among the slain. In all this his anger is not removed and his hand is still raised to strike. And then we read Second Chronicles chapter 28 verse 9 to 15 to finish today. A prophet of the Lord named Oded was there. He went out to meet the army that came to Samaria and said to them, Look, the Lord God of your ancestors handed them over to you because of his wrath against Judah, but you slaughtered them in a rage that has reached heaven. Now you plan to reduce the people of Judah and Jerusalem, male and female, to slavery. Are you not also guilty before the Lord your God? 
Listen to me and return the captives you took from your brothers, for the Lord's fierce wrath is on you. So some men who were leaders of the Ephraimites, Azariah son of Johanan, Berechiah son of Meshulamoth, Jehezekiah son of Shalom, and Amasa son of Hadai, stood in opposition to those coming from the war. They said to them, You must not bring the captives here, for you plan to bring guilt in us from the Lord to add to our sins and our guilt. For we have much guilt and fierce wrath is on Israel. The army left the captives and the plunder in the presence of the officers in the congregation. Then the men who were designated by name took charge of the captives and provided clothes for their naked ones from the plunder. They clothed them, gave them sandals, food and drink, dressed their wounds and provided donkeys for all the feeble. The Israelites brought them to Jericho, the city of Pams, among their brothers. Then they returned to Samaria. And there we end day 179. Day 180 as we continue through this King Chronicle and Isaiah part of the Old Testament. And we begin at 2 Kings chapter 16 verse 5 and 6 today. Then Aram's king Rezin and Israel's king Pekah son of Remaliah came to wage war against Jerusalem. They besieged Ahaz but were not able to conquer him. At that time Rezin king of Aram recovered Elath for Haram and expelled the Judahites from Elath. Then the Arameans came to Alath and they lived there until today. Then Isaiah chapter 7 verse 1 to 9. This took place during the reign of Ahaz son of Jotham, son of Uzziah king of Judah. Rezin king of Aram along with Pekah son of Remaliah king of Israel waged war against Jerusalem but he could not succeed. When it became known to the house of David that Aram had occupied Ephraim, the heart of Ahaz and the hearts of his people trembled like trees of a forest shaking in a wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out with your son Sherash Jashub to meet Ahaz at the end of the conduit of the upper pool by the road to the fuller's field. Say to him, Calm down and be quiet. Don't be afraid or faint-hearted because of those two smouldering stubs of firebrands, resin of Aram and the son of Remaliah, for Aram, along with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah, has plotted harm against you. They say, Let us go up against Judah, terrorise it, and conquer it for ourselves. Then we can install Tabil's son as king in it. This is what the Lord God says. It will not happen, it will not occur. The head of Aram is Damascus, the head of Damascus is Rezin. Within sixty-five years Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is the son of Remaliah. If you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. Then we read Second Chronicles chapter 28, verse 17 to 19. The Edomites came again, attacked Judah, and took captives. The Philistines also raided the cities of the Judean foothills in the Negev of Judah, and captured Beth Shemesh, Ajalon, Gerarroth, Soko, and its villages. Timnah and its villages, Gimzo and its villages, and they lived there. For the Lord humbled Judah because of King Ahaz of Judah, who threw off restraint in Judah and was unfaithful to the Lord. Then we read Psalm chapter 50, verse 1 to 23. God the Lord God speaks. He summons the earth from east to west, from Zion, the perfection of beauty. God appears in radiance. Our God is coming, he will not be silent. Devouring fire precedes him and a storm rages around him. On high he summons heaven and earth in order to judge his people. 
Gather my faithful ones to me, those who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens proclaim his righteousness for God as the judge. Listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. I do not rebuke you for your sacrifices or for your burnt offerings which are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your household or male goats from your pens, for every animal of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains and the creatures of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and everything in it is mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Sacrifice a thank-offering to God and pay your vows to the Most High. Call on me in a day of trouble, I will rescue you and you will honour me. But God says to the wicked, What right do you have to recite my statutes and to make my covenant on your lips? You hate instruction and turn your back on my words. When you see a thief, you make friends with him and you associate with adulterers. You unleash your mouth for evil and harness your tongue for deceit. You sit maligning your brother, slandering your mother's son. You have done these things and I have kept silent. You thought I was just like you, but I will rebuke you and lay out the case before you. Understand this, you who forget God, or I will tear you apart, and there will be no rescuer. Whoever sacrifices a thank-offering honours me, and whoever orders his conduct, I will show him the salvation of God. Then we read Isaiah chapter 8, verse 1 to 4. Then the Lord said to me, Take a large piece of parchment and write on it with an ordinary pen, Maher Shalal Hashbaz. I have appointed trustworthy witnesses, Uriah the priest and Zechariah son of Jerachiah, I was then intimate with the prophetess, and she conceived and gave birth to a son. The Lord said to me, Name him Meher Shalal Hashbaz, for before the boy knows how to call out father or mother, the wealth of Damascus and the spoils of Samaria will be carried off to the king of Assyria. And Isaiah chapter 17 verse 1 to 14. An oracle against Damascus. Look, Damascus is no longer a city, it has become a ruined heap. The cities of Aurora are forsaken, they will be places for flocks. They will lie down without fear. The fortress disappears from Ephraim and a kingdom from Damascus. The remnant of Aram will be like the splendour of the Israelites. This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. On that day the splendour of Jacob will fade and his healthy body will become emaciated. It will be as if a reaper had gathered standing grain, his arm harvesting the heads of grain, and as if one had gleaned heads of grain in the valley of Rephaim. Only gleanings will be left in Israel, as if an olive tree had been beaten. Two or three berries at the very top of the tree, four or five on its fruitful branches. This is the declaration of the Lord, the God of Israel. On that day people will look to their Maker and will turn their eyes to the Holy One of Israel. They will not look to the altars they made with their hands or to the Asherahs and incense altars they made with their fingers. On that day their strong cities will be like the abandoned woods and mountain tops that were abandoned because of the Israelites. There will be desolation. For you have forgotten the God of your salvation, and you have failed to remember the rock of your strength. Therefore you will plant beautiful plants and set out cuttings from exotic vines. On the day that you plant you will help them to grow, and in the morning you will help your seed to sprout. But the harvest will vanish in the day of disease and incurable pain. Ah, the roaring of many peoples, they roar like the roaring of the seas. 
The raging of the nations, they rage like the raging of mighty waters. The nations rage like the raging of many waters. He rebukes them and they flee far away, driven before the wind like chaff in the hills and like dead thistles before a gale. In the evening, sudden terror, before morning it is gone. This is the fate of those who plunder us and the lot of those who ravage us. Then we read Second Chronicles chapter 28, verse 16 and 21. At that time, King Ahaz asked the king of Assyria for help. Although Ahaz plundered the Lord's temple and the palace of the king and of the rulers and gave the plunder to the king of Assyria, it did not help him. And Second Kings chapter 15, verse 29. In the days of Pekas, king of Israel, Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, came and captured Ejon, Abeth, Beth, Machah, Janua, Kadesh, Hazor, Gilead, and Galilee, all the land of Naphtali, and deported the people to Assyria. And then chapter 16, verse 7 to 9. So Ahaz sent messengers to Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. March up and save me from the power of the king of Aram and of the king of Israel who are rising up against me. Ahaz also took the silver and gold found in the Lord's temple and in the treasuries of the king's palace and sent them to the king of Assyria as a gift. So the king of Assyria listened to him and marched up to Damascus and captured it. He deported its people to Kerr but put resin to death. And then First Chronicles chapter 5 verse 25 to 26. But they were unfaithful to the God of their ancestors. They prostituted themselves with the gods of the nations God had destroyed before them. So the God of Israel put it into the mind of Pul, that is Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, to take the Reubenites, Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh into exile. He took them to Halah, Habor, Hara, and Gozen's river, where they are until today. And then we finish today by reading Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2 to 20. Listen, heavens, and pay attention, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have raised children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's feeding trough. But Israel does not know, my people do not understand. O sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity, brood of evildoers, depraved children. They have abandoned the Lord, they have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned their backs on him. Why do you want more beatings? Why do you keep on rebelling? The whole head is hurt and the whole heart is sick. From the sole of the foot even to the head no spot is uninjured. Wounds, welts and festering sores not cleansed, bandaged or soothed with oil. Your land is desolate, your cities burned with fire. Before your very eyes foreigners devour your fields, a desolation overthrown by foreigners. Daughter Zion is abandoned like a shelter in a vineyard like a shack in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. If the Lord of hosts had not left us a few survivors, we would be like Sodom, we would resemble Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What are all your sacrifices to me? asks the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings and rams and the fat of well-fed cattle. I have no desire for the blood of bulls, lambs or male goats. When you come to appear before me, who requires this from you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing useless offerings, I despise your incense. New moons and Sabbaths and the calling of solemn assemblies, I cannot stand iniquity with a festival. 
I hate your new moons and prescribed festivals. They have become a burden to me. I am tired of putting up with them. When you lift up your hands in prayer, I will refuse to look at you. Even if you offer countless prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves, cleanse yourselves, remove your evil deeds from my sight. Stop doing evil, learn to do what is good. Seek justice, correct the oppressor, defend the rights of the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Come, let us discuss this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they will be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And there we end. Day 180. Day 181, and we continue through Isaiah, Kings and Chronicles. Beginning where we left off yesterday from Isaiah chapter 1, verse 21 to 31. The faithful city, what an adulteress she has become. She was once full of justice, righteousness once dwelt in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross, your beer is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels, friends of thieves. They all love graft and chase after bribes. They do not defend the rights of the fatherless, and the widow's case never comes before them. Therefore the Lord God of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, declares, ah, I will gain satisfaction against my foes, I will take revenge against my enemies. I will turn my hand against you and burn away your dross completely. I will remove all your impurities. I will restore your judges to what they once were and your advisers to their former state. Afterwards you will be called the righteous city, a faithful city. Zion will be redeemed by justice, her repentant ones by righteousness. But both rebels and sinners will be destroyed and those who abandon the Lord will perish. Indeed, they will be ashamed of the sacred trees you desired, and you will be embarrassed because of the gardens you have chosen. For you will become like an oak whose leaves are withered and like a garden without water. The strong one will become tinder and his work a spark. Both will burn together with no one to quench the flames. Then we read Second Kings chapter 15, verse 30 and 31. Then Hoshea son of Elah organized a conspiracy against Pekah son of Remaliah. He attacked him, killed him, and became king in his place in the twentieth year of Jotham, son of Uzziah. As for the rest of the events of Pekah's reign, along with all his accomplishments, they are written about in the historical record of Israel's kings. And chapter 16, verse 10 to 20. King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria. When he saw the altar that was in Damascus, King Ahaz sent a model of the altar and complete plans for its construction to Uriah the priest. Uriah built the altar according to all the instructions King Ahaz sent from Damascus. Therefore, by the time King Ahaz came back from Damascus, Uriah the priest had made it. When the king came back from Damascus, he saw the altar. Then he approached the altar and ascended it. He offered his burnt offering and his grain offering, poured out his drink offering and sprinkled the blood of his fellowship offerings on the altar. He took the bronze altar that was before the Lord in front of the temple between his altar and the Lord's temple and put it on the north side of his altar. Then King Ahaz commanded Uriah the priest, Offer on the great altar the morning burnt offering, the evening grain offering and the king's burnt offering and his grain offering. Also offer the burnt offering of all the people of the land, their grain offering and their drink offerings. Sprinkle on the altar uh, all the blood of the burnt offering and all the blood of the sacrifice. 
the bronze altar will be for me to seek guidance. Uriah the priest did everything King Ahaz commanded. Then King Ahaz cut off the frames of the water carts and removed the bronze basin from each of them. He took the reservoir from the bronze oxen that were under it and put it on a stone pavement. To satisfy the king of Assyria, he removed from the Lord's temple the Sabbath canopy that they had built in the palace, and he closed the outer entrance for the king. The rest of the events of Ahaz's reign, along with his accomplishments, are written about in the historical record of Judah's kings. Ahaz rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, and his son Hezekiah became king in his place. Then we read Second Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20 to 27. Then Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, came against Ahaz. He oppressed him and did not give him support. At the time of his distress, King Ahaz himself became more unfaithful to the Lord. He sacrificed to the gods of Damascus which had defeated him. He said, Since the gods of the king of Aram are helping them, I will sacrifice to them so that they will help me. But they were the downfall of him and of Israel. Then Ahaz gathered up the utensils of God's temple, cut them into pieces, shut the doors of the Lord's temple, and made himself altars on every street corner in Jerusalem. He made high places in every city of Judah to offer incense to other gods, and he provoked the god of his ancestors. As for the rest of his deeds and all his ways from beginning to end, they are written about in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Ahaz rested with his fathers and was buried in the city, in Jerusalem, but they did not bring him into the tombs of the kings of Israel. His son Hezekiah became king in his place. Then we read Second Kings chapter 17, verse 1-2. In the twelfth year of Judah's king Ahaz, Hoshea, son of Elah, became king over Israel in Samaria. He reigned nine years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, but not like the kings of Israel who preceded him. In 2 Kings 18, verse 1-3. In the third year of Israel's king Hoshea, son of Elah, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, became king of Judah. He was twenty-five years old when he became king. He reigned twenty-nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. And verse 5 and 6. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord God of Israel. Not one of the kings of Judah was like him, either before him or after him. He held fast to the Lord and did not turn from following him, but kept the commandments the Lord had commanded Moses. Then we read Second Chronicles chapter 29, verse 1 to 36 for the rest of today. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king. He reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the Lord's temple and repaired them. Then he brought in the priests and Levites and gathered them in the eastern public square. He said to them, Hear me, Levites. Consecrate yourselves now and consecrate the temple of the Lord God of your ancestors. Remove everything detestable from the holy place. For our fathers were unfaithful and did what is evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They abandoned him, turned their faces away from the Lord's tabernacle and turned their backs on him. They also closed the doors of the vestibule, extinguished the lamps, did not burn incense and did not offer burnt offerings in the holy place of the God of Israel. Therefore the wrath of the Lord was on Judah and Jerusalem, and he made them an object of terror, horror, and hissing, as you can see with your own eyes. 
Our fathers fell by the sword, and our sons, our daughters, and our wives are in captivity because of this. It is in my heart now to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel, so that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. My sons, don't be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence to serve him and to be his ministers and burners of incense. Then the Levites stood up, Mahath son of Amasai and Joel son of Azariah from the Kohathites, Kish son of Abdi and Azariah son of Jehalel from the Merorites, Juah son of Zimah and Eden son of Juah from the Gershonites, Shimri and Jeel from the Elisophernites, Zechariah and Mataniah from the Asaphites, Jehiel and Shemai from the Hemonites, Shemaiah and Uziel from the Judithonites. They gathered their brothers together, consecrated themselves, and went according to the king's command by the words of the Lord to cleanse the Lord's temple. The priests went to the entrance of the Lord's temple to cleanse it. They took all the detestable things they found in the Lord's sanctuary to the courtyard of the Lord's temple. Then the Levites received them and took them outside to the Kidron Valley. They began the consecration on the first day of the first month, and on the eighth day of the month they came to the vestibule of the Lord's temple. They consecrated the Lord's temple for eight days, and on the sixteenth day of the first month they finished. Then they went inside to King Hezekiah and said, We have cleansed the whole temple of the Lord, the altar of burnt offerings and all its utensils, and the table for the rows of the bread of the presents and all its utensils. All utensils that King Ahaz rejected during his reign when he became unfaithful, we have set up and consecrated. They are all in front of the altar of the Lord. King Hezekiah got up early, gathered the city's officials, and went up to the Lord's temple. They brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, and seven male goats as a sin offering for the kingdom, for the sanctuary, and for Judah. Then he told the descendants of Aaron the priests to offer them on the altar of the Lord. So they slaughtered the bulls, and the priests received the blood and sprinkled it on the altar. They slaughtered the rams and sprinkled the blood on the altar. They slaughtered the lambs and sprinkled the blood on the altar. Then they brought the sin-offering goats right into the presence of the king and the congregation who laid their hands on them. The priests slaughtered the goats and put their blood on the altar for a sin-offering to make atonement for all Israel. For the king said that the burnt-offering and sin-offering were for all Israel. Hezekiah stationed the Levites in the Lord's temple with cymbals, harps and lyres, according to the command of David, Gad the king's seer and Nathan the prophet. For the command was from the Lord through his prophets. The Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. Then Hezekiah ordered that the burnt offering be offered on the altar. When the burnt offerings began, the song of the Lord and the trumpets began, accompanied by the instruments of David, king of Israel. The whole assembly was worshipping, singing the song and blowing the trumpets. All of this continued until the burnt offering was completed. When the burnt offerings were completed, the king and all those present with him bowed down and worshipped. Then King Hezekiah and the officials told the Levites to sing praise to the Lord in the words of David and of Asaph the seer. So they sang praises with rejoicing and bowed down and worshipped. Hezekiah concluded, Now you are consecrated to the Lord. Come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the Lord's temple. So the congregation brought sacrifices and thanks offering, and all those with willing hearts brought burnt offerings. The number of burnt offerings the congregation brought was 70 bulls, 100 rams and 200 lambs. All these were for a burnt offering to the Lord. 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep were consecrated. However, since there were not enough priests, 
They weren't able to skin all the burnt offerings, so their Levite brothers helped them until the work was finished, until the priests consecrated themselves. For the Levites were more conscientious to consecrate themselves than the priests were. Furthermore, the burnt offerings were abundant, along with the fat of the fellowship offerings and with the drink offerings for the burnt offering. So the service of the Lord's temple was established. Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced over how God had prepared the people, for it had come about suddenly. And there we end, day 181. Day 182, and we begin today reading Isaiah chapter 28, verse 1 to 29. Woe to the majestic crown of Ephraim's drunkards, and to the fading flower of its beautiful splendour, which is on the summit above the rich valley. Woe to those overcome with wine. Look, the Lord has a strong and mighty one, like a devastating hailstorm, like a storm with strong flooding waters. He will bring it across the land with his hand. The majestic crown of Ephraim's drunkards will be trampled underfoot. The fading flower of his beautiful splendour, which is on the summit above the rich valley, will be like a ripe fig before the summer harvest. Whoever sees it will swallow it while it is still in his hand. On that day the Lord of hosts will become a crown of beauty and a diadem of splendour to the remnant of his people. A spirit of justice to the one who sits in judgment, and strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. These also stagger because of wine and stumble under the influence of beer. Priest and prophet stagger because of beer, they are confused by wine. They stumble because of beer, they are muddled in their visions, they stumble in their judgments. Indeed all their tables are covered with vomit, there is no place without a stench. Who is he trying to teach? Who is he trying to instruct? Infants just weaned from milk, babies removed from the breast. For he says law after law, law after law, line after line, line after line, a little here, a little there. So he will speak to this people with stammering speech and in a foreign language. He has said to them, This is the place of rest, let the weary rest. This is the place of repose, but they would not listen. Then the word of the law came to them. Law after law, law after law, line after line, line after line, a little here, a little there, and they go stumbling backwards to be broken, trapped, and captured. Therefore hear the word of the Lord, you mockers, who rule this people in Jerusalem. For you said, We have cut a deal with death, and we have made an agreement with Sheol. When the overwhelming scourge passes through, it will not touch us, because we have made falsehood our refuge, and have hidden behind treachery. Therefore the Lord God said, Look, I have laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable, and I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the mason's level. Heal will sweep away the false refuge, and water will flood your hiding place. Your deal will death will be dissolved, and your agreement with Sheol will not last. When the overwhelming scourge passes through, you will be trampled. Every time it passes through, it will carry you away. It will pass through every morning, every day, and every night. Only terror will cause you to understand the message. Indeed, the bed is too short to stretch out on, and its cover too small to wrap up in. For the Lord will rise up as he did at Mount Perizim. He will rise in wrath as at the valley of Gibeon, to do his work, his strange work, and to perform his task, his disturbing task. So now do not mock, or your shackles will become stronger. Indeed, I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a decree of destruction for the whole land. Listen and hear my voice. Pay attention and hear what I say. 
Does the plowman plow every day to plant seed? Does he continually break up and cultivate the soil? When he has leveled its surface, does he not then scatter cumin and sow black cumin? He plants wheat and rose and barley and plots, with spilt as their border. His God teaches him order, he instructs him. Certainly black cumin is not threshed with a threshing board, and a cartwheel is not rolled over the cumin. But black cumin is beaten out with a stick, and cumin with a rod. Bread grain is crushed, but it is not threshed endlessly. Though the wheel of the farmer's cart rumbles, his horses do not crush it. This also comes from the Lord of hosts. He gives wonderful advice, he gives great wisdom. Then we read from Hosea chapter 5 verse 1 through to chapter 6 verse 11. Hear this, priests, pay attention, house of Israel. Listen, royal house, for the judgment applies to you, because you have been a snare at Mizpah and a net spread out in Tabor. Rebels are deeply involved in slaughter, I will be a punishment for all of them. I know Ephraim and Israel is not hidden from me. For now, Ephraim, you have acted promiscuously, Israel is defiled. Their actions do not allow them to return to their God, for a spirit of promiscuity is among them, and they do not know the Lord. Israel's arrogance testifies against them. Both Israel and Ephraim stumble because of their wickedness, even Judah will stumble with them. They go with their flocks and herds to seek the Lord, but do not find him. He has withdrawn from them. They betrayed the Lord, indeed they gave birth to illegitimate children. Now the new moon will devour them along with their fields. Blow the horn in Gibeah, the trumpet in Ramah. Raise the war cry in beth after you, Benjamin. Ephraim will become a desolation on the day of punishment. I announce what is certain among the tribes of Israel. The princes of Judah are like those who move boundary markers. I will pour out my fury on them like water. Ephraim is oppressed, crushed in judgment, for he is determined to follow what is worthless. So I am like rot to Ephraim and like decay to the house of Judah. When Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah his wound, Ephraim went to Assyria and sent a delegation to the great king. But he cannot cure you or heal your wound. For I am like a lion to Ephraim and like a young lion to the house of Judah. Yes, I will tear them to pieces and depart. I will carry them off and no one can rescue them. I will depart and return to my place until they recognize their guilt and seek my face. They will search for me in their distress. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us and he will heal us. He has wounded us and he will bind up our wounds. He will revive us after two days, and on the third day he will raise us up so we can live in his presence. Let us strive to know the Lord. His appearance is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us like the rain, like the spring showers that water the land. What am I going to do with you, Ephraim? What am I going to do with you, Judah? Your loyalty is like the morning mist and like the early dew that vanishes. This is why I have used the prophets to cut them down. I have killed them with the words of my mouth. My judgment strikes like lightning. For I desire loyalty and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. But they, like Adam, have violated the covenant. There they have betrayed me. Gilead is a city of evildoers tracked with bloody footprints. Like robbers who wait in ambush for someone, a band of priests murders on the road to Shechem. They commit atrocities. I have seen something horrible in the house of Israel. Ephraim's promiscuity is there, Israel is defiled. A harvest is also appointed for you, Judah. Then we read Second Chronicles chapter 30, verse 1 to 27. 
Then Hezekiah sent word throughout all Israel and Judah, and he also wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh to come to the Lord's temple in Jerusalem to observe the Passover of the Lord God of Israel. For the king and his officials and the entire congregation in Jerusalem decided to observe the Passover of the Lord in the second month, because they were not able to observe it at the appropriate time, since not enough of the priests had consecrated themselves and the people hadn't been gathered together in Jerusalem. The proposal pleased the king and the congregation, so they affirmed the proposal and spread the message throughout all Israel, from Beersheba to Dan, to come to observe the Passover of the Lord God of Israel in Jerusalem, for they hadn't observed it often as prescribed. So the couriers went throughout Israel and Judah with letters from the hand of the king and his officials, and according to the king's command, saying, Israelites, return to the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, so that he may return to those of you who remain, who have escaped from the grasp of the kings of Assyria. Don't be like your fathers and your brothers who were unfaithful to the Lord God of their ancestors, so that he made them an object of horror, as you yourself see. Don't become obstinate now like your fathers did. Give your allegiance to the Lord and come to his sanctuary that he has consecrated forever. Serve the Lord your God so that he may turn his fierce wrath away from you. For when you return to the Lord your brothers and your sons will receive mercy in the presence of their captors and will return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful. He will not turn his face away from you if you return to him. The couriers travelled from city to city in the land of Ephraim and Manasseh as far as Zebulun, but the inhabitants laughed at them and mocked them. But some from Asher, Manasseh and Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Also the hand of God was in Judah to give them one heart to carry out the command of the king and his officials by the word of the Lord. A very large assembly of people was gathered in Jerusalem to observe the festival of unleavened bread in the second month. They proceeded to take away the altars that were in Jerusalem, and they took away the incense altars and threw them into the Kidron Valley. They slaughtered the Passover lamb on the fourteenth day of the second month. The priests and Levites were ashamed, and they consecrated themselves and brought burnt offerings to the Lord's temple. They stood at their prescribed posts, according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood received from the hand of the Levites, for there were many in the assembly who had not consecrated themselves and so the Levites were in charge of slaughtering the Passover lambs for every unclean person to consecrate the lambs to the Lord. For a large number of the people, many from Ephraim, Manasseh, Ishkar, and Zebulun, were unclean, yet they had eaten a Passover contrary to what was written. But Hezekiah had interceded for them, saying, May the Lord God provide atonement on behalf of whoever sets his whole heart on seeking God, the Lord God of his ancestors, even though not according to the purification rules of the sanctuary. So the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. The Israelites who were present in Jerusalem observed the festival of unleavened bread seven days with great joy, and the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day after day with loud instruments. Then Hezekiah encouraged all the Levites who performed skillfully before the Lord. They ate the appointed feast for seven days, sacrificing fellowship offerings and giving thanks to the Lord God of their ancestors. The whole congregation decided to observe seven more days, so they observed seven days with joy. For Hezekiah king of Judah contributed 1,000 bulls and 7,000 sheep for the congregation. Also the officials contributed 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep for the congregation, and many priests consecrated themselves. 
Then the whole assembly of Judah with the priests and Levites, the whole assembly that came from Israel, the foreigners who came from the land of Israel and those who were living in Judah rejoiced. Such rejoicing had not been seen in Jerusalem since the days of Solomon, son of David, the king of Israel. Then the priests and the Levites stood to bless the people, and God heard their voice, and their prayer came into his holy dwelling place in heaven. There we end day 182 and week 26.